Welcome to 216, a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Free Agent. Today on the show, we've got James FNX. I think James does a good job of describing this episode at the end when he calls it a therapy session. Relate a lot to James. Uh, we have a lot of the same uh, struggles and issues and things that we deal with, and uh, it was super relatable and an easy conversation. I really enjoyed it. I think you will too, so that's coming up. Week four of the league just started. The most stressful week for me as a person that doesn't run spoiler. Luckily, I've got a good team. Um, I'll be piloting both Shireen and Gamachu. The race with Gamma is on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're also playing the Drifters, the Fender Hunter Drifters, which is really tough. Gamma will be playing Jet, and then Shireen will face Wall Kicks with Megawatt piloting uh, both of them. So the toughest team to face in the division, and we get them in a week that's pretty stressful. Piloting is fun, but not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Teams four and two tied for second place with the Fendron Drifters. So that tie is going to be broken this week. JKLOL is killing it with the five and one record. So they're in first place right now in our division. I've been jamming out to Baldur's Gate three. I just completed the main story. I've got, according to Steam, 138.9 hours into, into the game. I loved it. It really was what I was looking for when it comes to an RPG more so than the Final Fantasy games. And it's not fair to compare Baldur's Gate 3 to Final Fantasy 4. And Final Fantasy 4 was fun. I will get to some of the other SNES RPGs, but Baldur's Gate it was just so much fun. And even having finished it, there's a ton of stuff I know that I missed. And the replayability is super high because I want to try different classes. I want to try making different decisions. I know the main story will probably go the way that it went. The main story was actually like the thing that I cared about the least. I was so much more interested in the side quests and all the different side adventures and all the character stuff than I was the main story, especially when it comes to the final, the final act of act three. I enjoyed it. I really liked the final act, but all the other stuff, all the character stuff was, was way more interesting to me. And the fact that uh, I'm, I know that there's certain sections of the map I just never went to. There's certain side quests that I never found. There's bosses that I never uh, fought. There's so much content. And so I finish it and I know I'm going to want to go back and play some more. It's just super fun. I've had so much fun with it. SGL is just around the corner. I've got a month until we fly out. I'll be there on Wednesday the 8th. And then the tournaments run from the 9th through the 12th. And then I'll be leaving on Monday the 13th. I'll be playing in the Link to the Past Randomizer tournament. That's the only tournament that I'm going to attempt. I don't even know any other tournaments that I would think about attempting, but I don't plan to go very far. So I imagine I'll get knocked out and then just get to hang out and do commentary and eat food and hang out and meet everyone. So so don't be afraid to uh, to say something to me. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good time. And we're, we're close to wrapping up season four. So i uh, got this episode today with James and the next week is our season finale with Allison. And then I'm going to be off for the rest of the year. There's not going to be any more regular 216 podcasts uh, for the rest of, of this calendar year. The earliest season five would be would be in January, but I have no plans yet for, for what's going to happen in the future. I do have some stuff cooking, but when it's ready, I don't know. Uh, well, so we'll see. Just kind of keep an eye on the feed. But next week will be the final episode of season four. And it's been a long one. Like I put a lot of time and effort into season four. 24 regular season episodes is a lot. 
especially when I didn't even know if the show was going to continue at past episode four of the season. I thought that was probably going to be the end, but I got a second wind and I've had so many people on. It's been super fun. And then we've done like the bonus episodes with the drafts. And then we had all the Tark stuff that we did and I need a little bit of break. (laughs) There's been a lot of, a lot of 216 content uh, over the last few months. So for the rest of October, November and December, I would say just, you know, keep your feet active and then we'll see if we can pop some stuff in there. And then season five comes when season five comes. I'm not sure when. I want to thank everyone for listening and sticking with the show, though. I really appreciate it. I feel like I found my place in the community. I feel, I feel like I found my place with racing. I think I'm in like that sweet spot where I'm just happy to be here. And it's been fun. So really appreciate everyone uh, taking the time to listen to 216. But let's get to today's guest. We've got James FNX. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, feels almost like a therapy session. <laughs> we talk a lot about approach about feel about emotion about all the things around link to the past but not necessarily linked to the past randomizer we talk a little bit about it and it was therapeutic it was really good for both me and for james so let's get to it here's james fnx all right james super excited to have you on the show uh i haven't had a lot of people from the northwest but you are a fellow uh washingtonian and uh just glad to Glad to chat with you and get, kind of get to know you more. I wish we were in person with how close we are, but uh, even though we are both in Washington, still pretty far away. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm really happy you're here. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I think people uh, see Washington and think Seattle, and I am from Seattle, but uh, you are in like basically a different state. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially when you look at like the, 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 the New England states, right? Like everything is so close together. Like you can get from state to state to state, no problem, uh, pretty quickly. But Washington is one of the bigger ones, it feels like. And we're spread, we're, we're quite a bit spread out. So, yeah, you're like four and a half hours away and you have seasons and I don't. That's true. That's <laughs> weird that we're in the same state and it is literally so different. Like uh, the east side and west side of Washington are so dramatic dramatically different so uh yeah so excited to have you here and kind of get to know you You know we've we've chatted we've done comms before i don't know if we've really raced much i don't i feel like our times racing have been different like i know you were playing then you kind of stepped away and then you kind of came back and yeah um, i think i don't think i've ever like raced you 1v1 we might have been in the same larger race in in some of the the weekly yeah sg weekly era days but uh, no, I don't think we've had a lot of uh, direct interactions. I've never really been uh, at the same skill level. Like uh, I am, I'm someone who is fairly pessimistic about my own skill level, but also kind of realistic. I'm I'm kind of a a fourth quartile, fifth quartile guy. If you're you're looking at main tournament finishes and mm. uh, in, in qualifiers and. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's going to be very rare when I come across someone at your caliber on 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 the ladder or something. When you were racing the ladder a fair bit, do you race the ladder? Uh, I have not touched the ladder a lot recently. Um, it just hasn't fit in my schedule. My 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 life schedule has changed over the last year year and a half. Mm, okay, uh, I am I'm engaged now, oh. which is something that awesome. Yeah, it, it's something that I didn't really expect to be in the position ever. But <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so am I right in saying that you played for a while and then you kind of stepped back 
it, and it comes back? and goes. I mean, okay. it, it, I've I've taken breaks here and there for a couple of months, uh, but I I started playing in 2017. Okay, so before I did, then yeah, yeah, I I I was looking back when you asked me to do the show. I was looking back at my Facebook history and to try and see when I started playing. Because uh, I knew I was already in deep before the big Andy Christos AGDQ 2018 race. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like it was September of 2017, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, I was in the I was in the secondary tournament that year for the fall. Uh, it was that's before Challenge Cup. Pre Challenge Cup, yeah. Okay. So did they have qualifiers for that then? You just didn't qualify? Is that? Uh, no, I didn't even try to qualify. I just entered oh, the, okay. the secondary tournament. Okay. So. Where did you find Link to the Past then? Like, how did you even come across it? The randomizer, that is. Um, I had been watching GDQs for a long time, since like 2012, 2013. Mm. Um, and I had followed some runners for games that I liked. One of them was Andy. Uh, he had done, uh, before randomizer came out, he had done several uh, GDQ uh, Link to the Past events, uh, reverse boss order, uh, and various mm. other glitch modes, and then also uh, an NMG race in HDQ 2017. And I started following his stream, saw the randomizer. Uh, a couple of friends of mine were also watching Andy's stream and also watched speedruns and things like that. We're like, this looks really cool. You want to try it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. This this sounds like fun. So I uh, started playing it, uh, found it to be an enjoyable time, and then started looking for races. Nice. Okay. So when you first started playing, that was on SRL. Are you, or were you just playing against your friends that, that were interested as well? Or was it even against? Was it just like, let's play together sort of thing? You play a few seeds, so you make sure like you remember actually how the game works. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't played Links of the Past since I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, so after I had finished a few seeds and I knew that I could, wasn't going to lose locations. Um, wasn't going to kind of lose my way because that's even pre easily accessible map trackers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think at that point it was just like cross products web tracker Mm -hmm. uh, was was the big thing to be using. So you had to had to know where all the checks were and uh, kind of have all that stuff memorized. But after after getting a little bit of confidence, I I did start racing on SRL. I don't even remember. I think my I haven't checked the SRL. My first race in SRL is, <laughs> is sometime in 2017, and they're sure. all bad. They're all very bad. So, did you grow up playing Link to the Past? Uh, yeah, I've I've had video games as part of my life since I was a toddler, really. Okay. Did you grow up in Seattle? Is that where I you did. are? You I did. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've been there your whole life, then. <laughs> yeah. So you said you were playing since you were a toddler video games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah my my family had like. Uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, Radio Shack computer, the TRS-80. I don't. They put their own their own computer out, Radio Shack? Did? They, That's they put it out with Tandy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so I had that and had a few games for that. Uh, and then later on, I picked up a Commodore 64 and had a, a disk drive and a ton of uh, totally legally acquired games. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um. <laughs> uh, so I've had I've had computers and gaming in my life all my life. Well, like when you this this computer that you first had, how old are you talking about? Like, are you three or four? Uh, I think I had it when I was like, yeah, four or five. Okay, and you actually remember that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it was eighty four or eighty five. I'm I'm forty two. Okay. Uh, 
so yeah, I've, I've had, like, I've had games, computers, consoles, video games, card games. I've had that in my life as far back as I can remember. So I take it your parents were into it as well, because it is, I don't feel like you buy a computer when you're that young, unless your parents are also using it. Yeah. The, my parents were, are very much into, uh, were very much into technology then. Mm, um, sure. my mom learned programming, learned COBOL at college. Uh, my dad had even before that computer had another home personal computer. Um, so we, they were both very much, he was, a into ham radio CB as well. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you see like the progression, right? Like that's yeah, sort exactly. of like the pre-computer, uh, you know, nerdy stuff to get into before you, before computers make it even more accessible. Exactly. So did you guys have a, a nest then? Uh, yeah. I, the first gaming dedicated thing I had was a, a game boy. Oh, um, okay. but, got, but got a nest shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Super Nintendo, and I then jumped over to to PlayStation because I was a Square fanboy. Well, when, when, when you when you started with the Nintendo and the Game Boy, mm-hmm. did you have a decent library? Were you playing them a lot, or was it yeah, more of a it, casual thing? Or I don't know. Tell I me had, about your, your experience. That I had probably twenty some odd games for both of them. Okay. Um, Any favorites that you can remember? Uh, on the Game Boy, the Final Fantasy Legend games. On the Game Boy? Yeah. There's a Final Fantasy Legends game on the Game Boy? There are. There are three of them. Wow. So uh, is it, are they ports or are they? They are actually originals. part of a different series. They're part of the Saga series. Okay. They are the, the first three games in the Saga series. Okay. Uh, and there's also a game uh, called Final Fantasy Adventure, uh, uh-huh. which in... Uh, in Europe is called Mystic Quest. Okay, but that is that is the first game in the Mana series. Okay, they just right. because Final Fantasy was successful on the Nintendo, they just brought everything over on the Game Boy with the sure. Final Fantasy title because they knew that would sell. Sure, is it different than like the the NES Final Fantasies, or is it pretty much the same style? It's uh, it's turn based RPGs, but they're much more about um different character types gaining stats differently okay okay uh, and and you can set your party between four different character types mm-hmm. um the the third final fantasy legend game is a lot more like um other final fantasies where it's a lot more f- your party's fixed as in what you get but you can you can change their their you can eat f- monster food or you can install monster parts or robot parts to change yourself from a human to a cyborg or to a, a, a beast or whatever. And those mm. things have different stats and different abilities. That's kind of the gimmick is that um, some, some of your characters can kind of change form, uh, but that they're, they're, they're very similar to final fantasy. So you got into role-playing games very young then. Yes. Were you playing the final fantasy games on the nest too? I didn't have I did not have Final Fantasy for the NES. I had uh, Dragon Warrior two. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Um, But yeah, I was into I was into JRPGs. I was into adventure games. I had Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. I had Zelda two was actually my first Zelda. Oh, okay. um, On the NES. Did you like Zelda two or do you still like Zelda two or what's what's your think? I think Zelda two would be way more beloved and way more remembered 
if it just wasn't sold as a Zelda game. It's mm. I think it's there are flaws in combat. I think that it's it, you can't say there aren't flaws in combat, but I think it's a very good game that just got harmed by the translation and harmed by the fact that uh, people had expectations based on Zelda one translation. How like both both Zelda one and Zelda two are the translations to get the player information that they're mm. supposed to be getting from talking to NPCs. The translations are just terrible. So that's why it's like worthless to talk to yes. people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The combat, though, I mean, like, just make the the sword a little bit longer, right? Yeah. Like, it feels yeah. like. I think it was also super punishing uh, that you lose all your XP when you die, like uh, when you when you game over. I mean, yes, that the, those are the two big issues. Yeah. Uh, but having having the two D combat and having the up slash down slash things like that, that was all really cool stuff. Yeah, I think it's like so close to being a, a good game. I, I think that's what's, <laughs> frust- what's frustrating about it is it's like uh, it's so close, so close to being good, like really good, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you went back and played the, the first Zelda 2 when you were a kid or did did you only have Zelda 2 or Zelda? Did you go back and play Zelda 1 or did you only have Zelda 2? I only had Zelda 2. I think I think we rented Zelda 1 at one point and I played a bit of it, but we never, never got it. Mm, okay so when it came to the snes was it more rpgs did was a link to the past a part of that uh most yeah it was mostly uh uh link to the past final fantasy 3 chrono trigger um super mario rpg so it's fair to say that you enjoy the rpg uh, genre uh, of video games i i did back then yes okay um, oh you a, did oh okay a lot of, a lot of them have not aged well unfortunately uh the, the the gameplay style in general has not aged well for me uh can you explain that a little bit because you know i'm just now getting into the the jrpg stuff uh-huh. and uh like I, my experience with four has been pretty fun but i blame the the pixel remaster which has some i'm told quality of life changes it does and even with just playing it on its own i feel like i didn't understand what was going on it felt like i had to stream and i had to have people kind of explain things to me to kind of get it without looking up like guides online because that's not at at that point i feel like what what's the point if you're you're just reading so Um, so my issue with jrpgs now is uh Random encounters are terrible Mm, just in general. Like the, the expectation of you're walking from one place to another in a dungeon and you don't know how many times you're going to have to fight. You don't know when you're going to fight. uh, And you have just no tell. And part of the game mechanics are, you you should just be fighting and uh, grinding levels um, Mm -hmm. because you don't really get an indicator when you're powerful enough to, to advance on. So you can, you just easily get into a place where you're, um, convincing yourself to grind an area and that's not fun not fun at all to just walk around a dungeon and kill things mm-hmm. um, it gets repetitive for sure absolutely and yeah. the, the, the combat's not deep enough in those games to really justify being in it all that often mm, okay I, I think that's what i like a lot about uh the the, the times i've dabbled into uh final fantasy 6 randomizers and final fantasy 4 randomizers free enterprise and worlds collide is that you just don't have the the random combat because the the there's there's no there's nothing deep about fighting cave bats. Mm, right. So you, in those randomizers, you're not grinding as much, basically. No, no, they 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 tend to tweak the 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 experience and the uh, ability points or tech points, whatever it is in the game, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you're getting a ton of it. You're getting enough out of out of boss fights. So that, that's really all you need to do. OK, but as a kid, you were enthralled. Oh, as a kid, the Final Fantasy VI's story is incredible. Mm-hmm. And as a kid trying to do everything in it and, and get all the side quests done. And uh, yeah, that, that was it was super fun to me. And the, the, the grinding thing wasn't nearly as bad for me because what else am I going to do? Homework? right of course yeah yeah no you're just gonna play the games that we've got right like a lot of this you're talking about is in retrospect right having played better versions of jrpgs or 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 games that have improved on what those lacked for sure it's hard to find it's hard to find games that are that have held up as well over the t- over time uh I, I i think there's a few on the the super nintendo like i think link to the past holds up extremely well i think super mario I, world holds up extremely well i think both those games hold up really well i think um donkey kong country yeah uh, the, the graphics start, look pretty bad now but the gameplay is still pretty good yeah uh, i mean the graphics are uh, uh, definitely have aged but i still think they're they're uniquely cool yeah in a way uh and i think like developers were willing to take chances uh in that era of gaming that they aren't now but there's yeah. some, there, there are some charming weird games on the Super Nintendo Uniracers. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, there is a there's a port of a, an arcade game uh, called uh, in Japan. It's called Camel Tree, where you're you are uh, controlling the level and moving a marble through the level. Uh, you, the the marble's constantly falling down, and you're just you're controlling how the level moves the marble through it. Mm, yeah. That's I mean, that the, the Super Nintendo and, and the, the original Nintendo as well had just a litany of games. And so it, was, it really felt like people were just throwing everything that they could to see what would stick. Um, yeah, and you just you you see it more now when like indie games are like, uh, especially in like DSware um, in the last in that era of gaming where, where people are willing to take chances on weird concepts again, mm-hmm. uh, where you just didn't see that on on PlayStation after like PS2, PS3 uh, and really not at all on Xbox. I wonder if it's just the cost. Of I think. It, yeah, I think it is making the games. Yeah, it probably just went up. So you're playing the NES, you're playing Super Nintendo, you're playing Game Boy. Do you venture into other consoles before the PlayStation? Are you into the Genesis at all? No, we were. I, it was Nintendo only here. Um, I uh, my neighbor had a Genesis. I played it over there. Sonic wasn't a game that really enthralled me mm-hmm. uh the 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 one actually the console that i wish i i at that time i would have picked up uh was a turbo graphics mm, yeah. i really liked i really liked the the shooters that they had on that console i think i don't remember if treasure was making shooters on that console before sega saturn but they had some very good shoot 'em up games uh actually enjoyed the bonk games too when i played them that's one of those games that I remember seeing in like gaming magazines and, and mm-hmm. video game magazines and comic magazines and being like, I need to play this. And then just never knowing anyone with a TurboGrafx-16 to play yeah. it. Like, and I just, and by the time I got older, I kind of forgot about it and never, never went back and, and played it. But right. Remember, and it was, only, it was only out for a couple of years too. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those games as a kid, you look at it and you're like, oh, this seems cool. This is like independent and different and no one else has this so i i want it but i couldn't tell you if it's any good or not yeah i've i haven't touched bonk since 
the early 2000s and like the early days of emulation. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you if it's any good anymore. <laughs> sure. What about like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Were you playing any of that stuff? Uh, in the arcades, I, I didn't like those games enough to to buy the home versions. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been much of a fighting game person. You mentioned arcades, and this is something that I haven't really talked with about about with with anyone on the show. And you're the perfect age because we are we're the same age. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember not being in an arcade as a kid. Like I spent so much time in arcade. And I was really into like um, racing games and football. Like Blitz was a really big one for me. Blitz, yeah, um, um, yeah. And- I, I, I spent most of like I, we, I had consoles at home, so I didn't spend a ton of time in mm. arcades. But when we were on trips and stuff, like, um, yeah, I would spend a fair amount of time in the arcades playing like uh, old racing games. Uh, Ivan Hoffman's off like, road. Well- yeah, like super, super like rad, sprint. rad racer. Do you remember that one? I do remember rad racer. Spy hunter, those kind of games. Yeah, I remember blasters. A, yes, I remember playing a lot of these <laughs> stupid games, but you know, spending tons of quarters. And then, uh, you know, I was probably gosh, I'm trying to think about how old I was when GameWorks opened in Seattle. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember taking trips up to Seattle because I was I was in Tacoma and just spending like a whole day there and everyone racing like they have those sets of cars like it's like i don't know 12 oh, yeah, or like a, wall, a wall of eight or 12 and like daytona yeah, yeah. oh daytona usa yeah daytona was huge daytona was a big one but yeah i just remember spending so much time in in those arcades and it feels like i mean obviously because of home consoles but um in the 80s and the 90s you know arcades were the place to be yeah, if you like video games and you didn't have like I I loved oh the the other ones that I loved were like the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles X Men Avengers Simpsons oh, yeah. games yeah the, which are the beat em ups yeah which are just so dumb because they literally just like you're just pumping coins in just to keep going <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing over and over again but you're playing with your friends and it was so cool classic quarter munchers yeah oh I I put so much money into turtles and I put turtles so and X Men were the big ones for me uh turtles and simpsons um i also uh really enjoyed the neo geo cabinets they had oh yeah 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 like beyond the fighting fighting games they also had like that also always have like uh bust a move on them Mm -hmm. um and uh three count bout which is like a a wrestling fighting game Mm, i'm not familiar with that one but yeah i remember spending a lot of time a lot of money and i don't know it was just fun like did you ever play the six person x-men game where you gotta play with six players it's like i don't think i ever got to play that with a full cabinet mm. uh, but I, I do know what you're talking about like it's so big that they have to they have to do uh tricks with the monitors in there yeah and use mirrors <laughs> in it to actually display it on the screen yep. so they can- <laughs> yeah oh man it was so cool we'd spend so much time in the bowling alley not bowling but playing video games yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah bowling who's doing that <laughs> right we wanted to play the video games <laughs> All right, so you move on from Nintendo and you start heading into the PlayStation era. Is it because of like Final Fantasy VII, or yeah. was it just the new system? It was it was because of because Final Fantasy VII was coming out on the PlayStation, and uh, I wasn't looking at the Nintendo sixty four really. I wasn't mm. uh, like I, I enjoyed. I had Mario Mario three with Super Mario World, but I didn't like. I enjoyed those games, but I didn't enjoy them enough to move to three D. I see. Um, the N64 is like the one Nintendo console I never owned. 
Okay. Uh, didn't have one until my fiance brought one mm-hmm. in. Like I, so I, I jumped over to to PlayStation because it had Final Fantasy, it had uh, Metal Gear Solid, and um, kind of stayed in that space uh, for a generation or two. Okay. So tell me about your time with the PlayStation and PlayStation Two. Was it was was Final Fantasy like it for you? Final Mostly I, of of the games I still have. It's it's. Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy nine, uh, tactics, um, couple other older RPGs from other, per, other companies like legend of Ligaya. Um, I didn't, my library is and on the PlayStation one. It was pretty small. It was just all of those very large games. Those in middle gear solid, right? That uh, takes which are, a lot of your time. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. You're getting a, a lot more, a, a lot more bang for your buck in terms of the, the size of the game. Um, but uh, the 3D games I never really got into a ton. Um, I my my taste in games kind of stayed in the the 2D, the retro or, stuff. Yeah, early yeah. mid 90s stuff. Did the Final Fantasy games fix some of the complaints that you had about the retrospect uh, that look back, or are they still part of the the problem? So the weird thing is, is Final Fantasy 10. I did not like that much as a kid, or when it came out. I guess mm-hmm. I was like 20 at that point. I'm not a kid at that point. Is that uh, like uh, the PlayStation 2? Yeah, that's the one, the one, the first one on the PlayStation 2. Okay. Uh, I went back and played it a few years ago and I liked it a lot more because it, it's willing to accept that um, one of the big problems with JRPGs, if you're playing them broken up, is if you, you play it, you set it aside for a week, you come back, what's going on? Yep. What was I doing? Yep. Where do I need to go? You can't, you don't really get signposts in the game very often as to where, what you're supposed to be doing. So you're kind of uh, running around a little bit confused. And as games got, as systems got better and games got newer, the world's got bigger. And uh, there, there's a lot more space where you're just like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Do I have to start over now? Do mm-hmm. I, how much time do I want to spend trying to catch up? Um, and Final Fantasy X was is a game that's very on rails for eighty five percent of it, mm-hmm. which I didn't like as a kid or when it came out, but works way better for me now. Mm, yeah, I think that makes sense, right? Because as a kid, uh, your your time is different. Also, I also I think the combat in, in Ten is uh, a lot deeper than it looks on the surface um, mm. for a game in that turn based style. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So have you continued on with the Final Fantasy series? I'm not sure where we're at even like I know the seven remake came out recently and I, I know they're working on other stuff, but yeah, I, I, I played and liked 12. Um, and then that was it for a while. Uh, eventually I, I got 15 when it came out and gave it like five hours and then set it aside forever. Um, Square's just got some problematic things going on with the, uh, a lot of their character depictions. <laughs> mm. <Okay. laughs> they are, uh, they're, 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 they don't know how to rate certain types of characters well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I never played it and have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm just going to trust you. On, on what yeah. You're yeah. You, you'll figure it out if you ever play that game. You'll, you'll know a couple hours in what I'm talking about. It's just, it's very obvious. And it's, I don't know. Uh, it, it's a creative decision uh, that I don't agree with, but. Uh, so did it but, make you stop playing the Final Fantasy series or 
no, no, no. I, I, I time kind of made me stop playing the Final mm. Fantasy series. I just, I, I went from working part time jobs to having a, a full time job and taking care of a house and uh, eventually having partners and not having the time to dedicate 100 hours into a game. Mm. Uh, but like, that's one of the, the reasons like randomizer is one of the few things I play is I can I'll be done in two hours. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I 100% get that. Like I'm a parent of three work full time and trying to devote time to a game is super hard. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, you know, you're single and alone. Um, that sounds terrible. Alone being alone is a bad, but one of the benefits <laughs> is you got, you get to, yeah, yeah a lot of time to play a lot want. of video. Yeah. A lot yeah, of times yeah. a lot of video games or, or, or play a lot of magic or, or find sure. other ways to cope with not, uh, with being alone. Yeah. 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 Um, and you just mentioned magic. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, you know, magic is a global brand. It is made in Renton though. Um, so I remember, uh, wizards of the coast stores popping up around here, uh, in the late nineties, I'm going to say early two thousands. Yep. Um, so what got you into magic? Cause I know you've played a bit and were, I'm not sure if, did you, you actually played on the pro tour as well, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've played in a couple of pro tours and not nearly as, uh, as successful as some of your other guests on this program. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty, I, pretty crazy that I had two magic pros on, on the show, but uh, I'm calling you a pro is a, a bit of a stretch, but, uh, you played I on the started, pro tour. So I'm going to call yeah, you a pro. Uh, that's okay. fair. Uh, I, I started playing magic very early. I saw, I was a uh, I was in chess team in high school in 1993 94 uh and I saw people playing magic in between rounds of chess games mm. at tournaments and this is like the the original the ridge, yeah. set yeah, yeah. alpha alpha beta sort of stuff yeah yeah I think I think at that point maybe maybe uh antiquities had come out or Arabian okay. Nights. not okay. not much had been actually come out for the set other than the original cards mm-hmm. uh and seeing someone with a shivan dragon in a hard plastic case, <laughs> uh, it start, it, it's impactful and the game is fun. Uh, and um, I didn't really have the wherewithal to pick up my own cards or anything for a few years. I didn't start actually like playing and collecting until 1998. But I, magic was a part of my life for a long time. Mm. So what, what was it that after that initial like, oh, this is cool. You know, it wasn't until you said like ni- late nineties where you actually started collecting. Was it the friends? Was it the game? Was it the competition? What what was it that drew you in? Um, it was the games. It was the competition. It was the, the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd mentioned you mentioned the the Watsi stores that it were popping up in malls. Before that, they had an arcade in Seattle, uh, right in the university district mm-hmm. by the University of Washington, and so I would go there and draft. And that's the same place that two of the world championships were played in that building. Mm. Uh, yeah. And also there's a giant arcade upstairs and a, a PC room and a console room right next door. It was uh, a really incredible place to go play and, and just make nerd out, right? Nerd out and, and make friends. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, 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 I played, I, I wasn't good, but it didn't matter. Um, 
I mean, you gotta learn, right? You gotta exactly. start somewhere. Uh, Do you remember what set this was that you started? Like, Urza really Saga. Dry? Oh, okay. Nice. So this is a long time ago. This is a long time ago, yeah. Uh, and and it's quite a very simple set. Not complicated at all for uh, someone to <laughs> sure drop into. Very, yeah. very low power. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, uh, the game hooked me. And after after that store closed down, I would play it. Uh, they, had a, they had a store at South Center Mall in, in Tukwila and a local card shops and I would draft and then eventually started. Uh, I would traveled for a couple tournaments uh, thinking I was better than I actually was. And uh, and then really kind of took a break on that for a few years and then literally came back for one tournament and qualified for the Pro Tour. Which Pro Tour was that? And that was of Valencia in 2007. Which set? Uh, that one was uh, extended. That was just bef- just after Lorwyn came out, but Lorwyn was oh. not legal for it yet. Okay, that was was Lorwyn was when they first introduced Planeswalkers too, right? Yeah. Okay, so how did you qualify? Just was it like a PTQ that you qualified? A yeah, it was a PTQ. PTQ. It was a uh, Time Spiral Block Constructed. So. Okay. Uh, Gosh, standard magic's so, magic so different back then. Oh, it really it is. is. It really is. <laughs> I miss block constructed. I thought those were really fun. Yeah, I miss I miss the block structure. I, I don't I don't know if we want to like turn this into magic talk 2023. I mean, we can do whatever uh, we want. Boomer magic talk. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I I miss that. Um, I miss that they the developers of the game don't have as much time to uh, slowly introduce new ideas. Sure. I do now. Sure. I think story-wise it worked better when things were in a block. Um, you know, when I, I remember when they Avengers fied magic with like a battle for Zendikar and, and, mm-hmm. you know, brought in the gate watch. And then I think that was like when the, around the time that they started doing, I think it was like two blocks sets or something. I can't re- remember. I know they had a problem where it was like they had the fall block and then you had the two blocks after it that were small sets. Yeah. And it felt when you got to the third set that, most of all the good stuff was done. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so there was definitely a problem with, with the third sets, but when they just, when they just cut the third set and only did two, it felt like there was missing something there. And so then I, I don't know the answers. I don't know how, how you fix all that. Um, but what they've done, I don't think is the, the answer either. So I don't know. No, I'm, I am not, if I'm not a fan of the Avengerification or the Marvel universification of magic story and the pacing of sets, yeah um both gameplay wise i think ideas are either just uh they just are done so quickly that either they don't balance them well and they're overpowered things like energy things like um just just some giant set sometimes like so yeah yeah like the entirety of throne of eldraine things like that um but they're also unfortunately they're not good enough storytellers to kind of pay these arcs off yeah which is a hard thing to do right because you're doing a cart you're playing a it's a card game. You're developing a card yeah. game. And so uh, what's made magic special and last over the years is the fact that there's, there is flavor to it all. Yeah. And it's hard to incorporate the flavor into the set and make it. You're trying to juggle a lot of different balls, right? And yes. trying to do it all is, is definitely difficult. Um, and it feels like there's times where they've got it right. And sometimes that they've gotten wrong. And it just feels like for me, as someone who hasn't played in a while now, I just kind of, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, I'm out of it, but I like for me the when I got back in right before because I played as a kid uh, in high school. I remember playing at lunchtime, 
um, not really knowing what we were doing. But uh, I got back in around New Phyrexia, Scars of Mirrodin, New Phyrexia. Mm-hmm. And then Innistrad came out after that. And it's legit one of the best magic sets of all time. And it was like the perfect time to join because it hit everything like flavor, mechanics, yeah. gameplay, everything about Innistrad. That first Innistrad set was so good. And I actually really enjoyed like the Innistrad Return to Ravnica constructed. It was like perfect time for me to like get into it. I, I, everyone was having a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think that, a lot that, of is, stuff. that is definitely one of the high points of uh, of magic is that that Innistrad Return to Ravnica uh, Theros, Theros is a little bit of a step down, yeah. but it's still fine. And I remember like the block constructed Pro Tours because the third set would you get block constructed for the Pro Tour. Right. And I remember I just remember how much fun those those were because you know you're you're taking the best of the three sets and and doing what you can but that's been that's a long time ago now like that yeah that's not recent that was that can't, was quite a, can't okay. do that anymore that's for sure so did you plan on trying to grind out the pro tour or try to make it a living and people were trying to do it or was it just like i'm i qualified and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there i was i was young i was foolish i i thought i was better at the game than i was um i thought i was gonna do well at the pro tour didn't do enough preparation didn't find people in the area to work with uh and did poorly uh, mm. and got sent, sent back out the door where i belonged um i i i i think that um strangely enough like uh you talked about this with uh with ari as well like uh the community here in seattle is just not as good as the community in a lot of other areas in terms of people wanting to work together uh to do well at professional level events it feels there's way more like lone wolf like i'm gonna do it on my own sort of yes feeling here than it is on like the east coast or even california california or wisconsin yeah uh, where it's like the boats do it if if you do well i do well sort of thing you know what i mean it was it was that and um the best players that were out here at the time enjoyed limited a lot more than constructed and this is back Mm. when tournaments were one single format i see so the 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 pro tour i was at that pro tour that i was at was all extended uh, so oh, trying to find draft at all. Okay. No, didn't draft at all. So trying to find people that want to play extended when there are any tournaments in the Seattle area that qualify for anything that use extended, uh, and people just want to draft. It was it was impossible, and mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't, and I'm still not particularly good at networking, uh, social networking in terms mm-hmm. of making connections and environments. Uh, I think that extends to the link to the the LTTBR Rando community as well. I'm not not in super deep in a lot of people's discords or, or uh, popping into a bunch of uh, community races or things like that. A lot of them don't fit my schedule and uh, I'm kind of like a vampire. You got to invite me in. Mm, you have to be explicit. Is that what you think it is? Is it's not, it's just, you're not as social when it comes to yeah. making your way in, in yeah. the community. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like part of my, my brain wants people to uh, to explicitly want me there i 100 percent agree <laughs> not, not with you but in and i it's this is a struggle that i have on my own where it's like 
um, I feel like I've had to force my way in <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, mm. And it's because I'm, if I don't, I feel like I'm ostracized a little bit more. Like I'm on the outside looking in. Yeah. And that's, uh, I know that's also an in- internal struggle because I've got a podcast where I talk to people. So <laughs> I shouldn't be feeling that way. <laughs> right. But, but I, it's, still, I still it's do. Hard. I still do. It's such a hard feeling to, to shake and get, get rid of. Like I know like, rational normal brain knows that people are happy to have me in their community i haven't burned too many bridges if any i'm not not a super toxic person but i am at at times i am someone who is more pessimistic than others at times i am uh someone who is uh critical especially of their own gameplay and uh i know that like the, the non-rational part of my brain thinks, oh, people don't want that around. Mm-hmm. Um, people, people don't want the whole package of me around because those things can show up. It's so crazy what our brain does, <sighs> right? Because it's not true. It's like we're putting, we're putting expectations on something that hasn't even happened yet, right? Like you're not even letting people have an opportunity to yeah. reject yeah. you, right? Yeah, no. It's like, I'm going to reject it before they can reject me. That's, which is, that's, that's how it was. And that's how it was for me back then trying to, to test for pro tour and um, thinking I could do it all on my own. And I definitely could not. Yeah, I get it, man. I, I, I'm there with you. It's a struggle <laughs> and it's, it bleeds into so many different things, whether it's rando or, or other areas of our lives for sure. I uh, just know that <laughs> you have other people that uh, feel the same way. And yeah. it's, it's hard to just say like, get over it. And like, you know, put yourself out there, but that's kind of what you got to do is kind of force yourself into situations that make you uncomfortable and hopefully they work out. And if they don't, you know, realize that it's not like, um, doesn't necessarily reflect on you as a person, um, which is hard. Again, I'm, I'm saying this (laughs) as someone who has to tell himself constantly. Yeah, no, these these sort of things. Unless you have the kind of personality where you believe that everyone loves you no matter what you, yeah, you've constantly got to just tell yourself that, uh, you're, you people will accept you for who you are. If they don't, it's probably them. If there's a lot of people that don't, then maybe you should look at yourself, but sure. If there's a pattern, but then most of the time you're not even allowing right. the, the opportunity like I was watching, so this, I'm not sure if you're into football. I don't think you are, but, um, you know, Deion Sanders is coaching the Colorado uh, Buffalo right now. Mm-hmm. And if you ever watch Deion Sanders, I mean, he goes by prime because he have, of how much ego and yeah. uh, self-confidence prime he has. Prime time back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just, I can't remember who I was talking to my counselor or somebody, but I was like, I wish I had like an ounce, a uh, tenth, uh, 1% of the self-confidence that he has (laughs) in me. Like he believes in himself way more than he probably even should. I mean, he's talented and and successful and all that stuff. And he's, you you know, there's, there's reason to believe in yourself, but he believes in himself so much. And I wish I had just a sliver of of that self-confidence. Oh yeah. uh, Would make things a little bit easier for me, but it is what it is. That's why we're, that's why we kind of, I think, are drawn to video games and magic, the gathering and stuff. There's something that, I don't know, the, the fantasy yeah, element a, it, captures it, a, right? It is. Well, it's that. And it's also a lot easier to build community when you have uh, a, a 
multiple common interests. And if you're going to a magic tournament or you're playing like the past randomizer and in, in tournaments or on the ladder with people and you're playing the same people over and over again, you know that they enjoy the same things that you do, or at least in this context, and they have the same general level of competitiveness and in, in their approach to, to how they're dealing with this hobby. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So as you're playing magic, and this is when you're a little bit older. Are you still playing video games? I imagine the answer is yes. Uh, yes, but less so. Um, okay. uh, after after the tournament, I uh, I got a bit more into the grind of going to tournaments. I traveled to a lot of uh, of Grand Prix in in North America uh, between 2007 and 2013. Mm. Uh, made another pro tour. Got to go to to Europe again. Um, and finally ended up getting burned out and kind of uh, the combination of that and picking more responsibilities at work and not having the time to uh, really draft a bunch online and uh, go to Friday Night Magics and play a lot, uh, put a lot of reps in, kind of push myself from being someone who was playing every weekend and traveling to five or six events across the country uh, to, to someone who would playing playing the ptqs when they happened playing grand prix when they were close in a format i wanted to play in and that's about it mm, i see so you start watching gdqs i take it because you're familiar with speed running yeah uh i have been streaming on twitch back in 2011 2012 just as uh sharing ptqs sharing magic drafts things like that sure was it twitch then or was it still just it, TV was, it was just becoming twitch okay all right um that makes sense because i always wonder what draws people to twitch or how do they find out about it especially with people our age yeah i find out i found out pretty late um uh, but if you're playing magic then that's definitely a way in for sure yeah and i, I caught a, a caught a gdq at some point i don't remember exactly what year but people playing classic video games video games that i enjoyed really fast and doing things to those games that shouldn't be done by normal human people uh it caught my attention it was a really fun event to, to watch and see it didn't make me want to get into speed running personally but watching them was a lot of fun mm, sure so this leads to a uh, link to the past randomizer which we talked about you start racing you're in the secondary tournament uh what's it like for you early on in in, in those early rando days are you finding uh, people to play with uh, outside of the, your friends that are that were yeah, playing? I end, I end up doing like I do. I ended up doing like most of the the weeklies. This beginning at that point had two different weeklies. Yeah, uh, they had a what is now casual boots uh, weekly on Saturday and then the open on Sunday. Uh, and, and both those races, big races, yeah, really big. Both, races, both yeah. races would pop 50 people minimum uh, and climb up from that. Uh, I think the biggest one was after. The, the Sunday after Andy Christos at AGQ 2018. I think that one had like 153 people in it or something. Some absurd <laughs> number. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, picked up all of those. Uh, so I was playing, I was playing those every weekend. Um, at least one of them and generally finishing bottom half, mm -hmm. but having a good time. Uh, yeah. I think then, it's hard because we put so much emphasis on results because it is, a race right yeah that sometimes it takes away or it can take away the fun of it right like i that, that, i think that's been my struggle is 
or one of the struggles that I've had with the game is like, I only enjoy it when I'm racing, but I don't love the racing aspect at the same time. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, for me, I have kind of taken the perspective of I have X amount of hours where I'm not working or not doing house stuff or not being a good partner uh, where I get to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I can dedicate a ton of that time to making myself better, putting a bunch of practice in and not racing other people and, and working on various boss fights, working on various technology, things of that nature. Um the grind is not fun for me. Yeah, it's not. I would rather just be racing people. And if I win, I win. I don't. I don't. Whatever. Uh, so I I don't actually use a lot of the tech that uh, has been found over the last five years. I don't I don't know spooky action. I don't uh, mimic clip. I don't uh, do a lot of the the parlor trick kind of stuff that is a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I could probably learn spooky action if I took an afternoon to do it, but I'd rather just be racing. Sure. So it's fair to say that you've never ran an NMG race. I have never ran an NMG race. I did. I did 100% speed runs as a joke for a while. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because uh, uh, the, the, there's a sick, perverse part of my brain that enjoys uh, how hilarious it is that there are two just giant RNG points in the middle of that run. <laughs> right the the chess the chess game and the dig spot the dig spot the, the dig spot the which is, is is more skill than people let on but the chess yeah. game is just pure rng sure uh yeah so so you're racing the game you're not taking time to to like learn strats and stuff or is this early on or you are learning some basic uh, stuff early like, on, I'm, back- I'm i'm really what i'm doing is i'm watching other people and trying to do what they do as best i can Mm. um yeah it's you it's hard to to it's hard to watch a lot of this a lot of people running this game and not pick things up sure how to do how to do rooms somewhat efficiently i don't i'm not i'm never gonna be like nmg perfect going through like Meyer two or whatever uh but you pick up the the armos quick kill you pick up uh things like the the stalfos night room and ice palace how to do that in one bomb you pick up things here and there uh and you just generally pick up how to move through the world in a a mostly efficient way uh Mm. and i I get enough and the the thing that i enjoy most of randomizer is kind of how to solve the puzzle yeah and how to either exploit something that you find early that you don't think your opponent's going to find or protect yourself if you think that if you think that you're better than your opponent and uh, just don't want to lose to them doing that to, to, to finding something early and exploiting it and, and pushing that advantage, uh, the the routing game and the meta game are, are what's most interesting to me about randomizer. Mm, I see. So what has your tournament life been like? Have you played a lot of tournaments or have you entered a lot of tournaments over the years? Um, I've, I've entered a lot of tournaments and I've done uh, not so great in all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did the, the big five twelve Swiss. I missed brackets or groups. I, f- I forget if it went to a group stage after that or it went straight to a, a top 128 or whatever bracket. Uh, I missed the cutoff by one match, uh, which I actually had to skip a week on that. I was uh, on a cruise and just couldn't find time to play mm, that week. Sure. Uh, but 
that race was going to be against M. Kosler, and I was not going to win that anyways. So uh, for, for names from the community that no one uh, remembers. Sure. I mean, back in the 512 days, there was a lot of racers that are no longer playing the game. But yeah. Uh, and then I did a couple of the spoiler log tournaments. Uh, there is a hilarious video on YouTube of me versus Gerdo. Uh, from I think this was 2020, maybe 2019 of uh Gerardo's strategy in that tournament and that's where log tournament is that uh they thought that they believed they could out execute anyone uh mm-hmm. which is probably true uh and so so spoiler tournaments are different than than regular randomizer you get to watch your opponent yeah and you get to watch any restreams that are going on uh so there's this very funny clip uh from that video of me going to swamp palace uh mirroring over entering swamp palace and then realizing i don't have flippers <laughs> and then Gerardo 10 seconds later doing the exact same thing and then me going back out walking over to dig spot to go get the flippers and then Gerardo immediately going over and doing the exact same thing <laughs> so he was just watching you yeah yeah he was he was literally just watching me and and, and drafting off of me up to a point where um uh, either he I don't, I don't know if he had actually built out a route in those races or, or, or a list of where items were, but he was just drafting off of me until a point where he could get into go mode and, and passing on execution. Wow. And it felt awful at the time, but it made sense. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it feels like rubbing it in your face a little bit, right? It does. Um, but at the same time, like I, I knew he was doing it after that moment, I could have changed my strategy. I could have started grabbing more safeties. I could have, I, I could have literally drifted or drafted him into doing terrible or doing things that only benefited me by making the game easier. Right. Mm, yeah. Like sure. I didn't change my strategy to, to adjust. And the, the execution difference between me and them is a gulf wide. So <laughs> or it was at that point. Sure. I mean, so expectations, because I know I, you get disappointed when you lose, but you also don't take the time or have the time to spend grinding, right? Like, right. So is it a matter of expectation expectations in yourself or too high? Or is it like the magic thing where you kind of went into the pro tour where it's like, I'm, I'm good. And then realize other people put maybe more time in than you have. I, I, the only time that I have been disappointed in how I did and disappointed to the point where, um, I was upset with myself and my performance and uh, felt like I didn't do something I thought I should be able to do mm-hmm. uh, was league last year. Okay. Um, what happened? We went through, we went through the regular season. Uh, me, Tepe, PH, Pasta Good team, man. Uh, it's a good team. It's, it's uh, they, they do a very good job of carrying me. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you listened to the Dr. Bob episode, but we definitely got to talk about self, uh, awareness or like self-talk. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> again, specifically, specifically though, in the regular season, I was a part of every loss we had. Sure. We went 10 and four. I lost three individual races and one team race with pH. Did you, rest, win, in your, did you win in your races? I did. Okay. Uh, so, I went, so it's not that your, your team went 11 and three in the regular season, right? Uh, or, yeah, eleven and three, and I went, I went five and three, and okay. then the races I was involved in. Like, okay, I'm not, 
I, I'm not terrible, but I am not at the level that those two men are. Sure. Like, but they, again, PH puts a lot of time, runs NMG. Yeah. And uh, Tepadino has been playing for a long time. Also puts yeah. in a lot of different time. So it's yeah, it a lot of effort in NMG as well, or did. I know mm-hmm. uh, he's coming back from a break. Um, right. But I, so I, I, I was responsible for all the losses for the team. And well, so was PH. PH was lost that first week too. It's a team game. Yeah. Um, but we get in the playoffs and PH wins his, his individual race. I forget which it was the, the pick a mode one. Tepe wins his cast boots race. Um, I get, I get beat in cross keys. Um, I enjoy racing cross keys. I'm not particularly good at it. I I think my ladder record is 30% win rate. It's pretty bad. Mm. Um, but Tepe felt more comfortable being in in the Cavs boot slot for playoffs. And I was fine running cross keys. And we joke, or we joke in our team chat after that, that if I'm the only person losing, we're going to win the, we're going to win the open. No, no problem. <laughs> okay. Cause that's only two losses in five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so PH loses game four and we get into game five. Uh, it's the reference with me and Tepe versus, uh, uh, VGF Taylor. And I forget if it was Dixon, Dixon. or it was Dixon. I'm looking it was at Dixon. Yeah. yeah. And Tepe finishes first and steps away for a minute and I'm climbing and I had had in that race, I'd had a bad death on V or uh, cold stare, I believe. Mm. So that costs that cost me like uh, a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, Tepe had some other routing mistake or a smaller mistake that cost some amount of time. But uh, Tepe steps away and it's just me running. And uh, one of the two of uh, Asai's team finishes. And as I'm starting into the Ganon fight, I don't have silvers and in the middle of phase one or two, uh, the other runner finishes and I'm looking at the timer. So I have it up. Um, and I realize we're, we're going to lose. There's no way for me to make up the time difference Mm -hmm. given where we're at. And I might've even like fallen in one of the first or or died in the first phase or two of that game. fight two, I don't remember. Uh, but there was some, there was some very large, mistake that i made that cost more than enough time to make up that difference and i was i was crushed mm-hmm. i couldn't i couldn't even bring myself to get on uh interviews at the end of that race sure um that's that's really the only time where i've been like uh that is a position where i think that our team and my skill level we probably uh, it was a very close race uh, then rando happens but there are various obvious points in that race where I think that my execution failures cost us. And uh, I took that loss really hard. Sure. I get it. And I'm not going to try to tell you to, to feel better about it, but everyone has those issues, right? Like even the best runners have lost sure. because of their execution, um, not being up to the snuff of whatever they think it should be. Like there's probably things that you did in that race where you feel like, Oh, I, could have done this way better and I should have done this way better. And I have done this way better. Yeah. And it, it just sort of happens, right? Like that's, it's, it's tough, but th- that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, but other, other tournaments I've, I've made the main tournament a few times. I've missed it a few times. Uh, 2021 challenge cup. I, uh, I should have beat late bit who ended up winning the whole thing. Mm. 
uh, our race in the first round of brackets went to a fourth game. Yeah. Uh, the the tie rules back then were still some number of seconds instead of just a, a full review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won game one and then game two, I beat Gannon a second faster than he did. Uh, game three was close in his favor. And then game four, uh, I left a mirror in Myershed forever. Yeah. <laughs> It's rough, man. This game is rough. It <laughs> the is. Game, the game can be super unforgiving. So was Pas- Pasquale wasn't your first go in the league, right? No, it wasn't. Uh, in season four, I was uh, a late pickup for uh, Duke, Firebird, and Roach's team, the Immortals. Okay. Uh, they had had someone agree Julo. to be their teammate. Yeah, Julo agreed to be their teammate and then leave for another team uh, very shortly before the start of league and. At that that point, I, I, I was a bit in the mindset of uh, thinking I was better than I actually was because I would mm. posted I posted a free agent message in there because I had not played in season two or three of the league because of mental things. I, I, I feel worse when I let other people down. Mm, sure. Uh, I get it. And uh, especially when you're playing with people you don't know, like uh, if you're playing with friends or you're having fun. But I did. I didn't have a, a. I didn't have a large community of friends in here that uh, are in randomizer that I felt comfortable asking me a team with. And and some of my friends that I had uh, done rando with when we we're first starting from when we we're first starting back in 2017, I tried to convince them to join the league, and it, it never really worked out. Mm. Um. So I I had posted as a free agent, and there were a couple people uh, at the open league level that had asked if I wanted to join them. And I thought I was better than I was. And when I was going to uh, decide to agree or not to agree to join them, because I didn't know who they were, uh, Duke and Roach approached me and asked me if they wa- I wanted to join their team. Uh, so I, I kind of uh, I kind of uh, blew off the two other players and joined Duke and Roach. Mm. And not one of my prouder moments of, of acting as a person in this community. Are you saying that you told them you were going to do it and then backed yeah. out? To, oh, yes. Okay, I see. I see. Yes. Okay. And I mean, let's just be frank. You were in the Invitational season four. Did not go. Did not go well. So you guys ended up getting relegated that season. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a bad experience for your first season of the league, or uh, I mean, mentally, I, how how did you handle everything? Um, Duke and Roach can tell their their own parts of this there were a lot of outside factors that were uh causing all of us to have issues dedicating time and energy and interest Mm -hmm. into that season uh for me i was having some health issues um i raced wall kicks i think it was week two uh of that season and ended up in the er later that night oh man and uh I had started to feel sick during the afternoon, uh, but still decided to take the race anyways, because uh, it didn't feel like it was going to be impacting me that much. But uh, during the race, I was shivering and just in a mm. terrible state. And um, Duke and Roach uh, were not super thrilled with me, like sticking with the race and not trying to get rescheduled. Uh, I didn't really feel like I had a ton of choice there. It was fairly late in the week, if I remember. Uh, to get it rescheduled or for them if they find a replacement then i'm kind of out of the team mm. which uh, i don't know uh <laughs> so let's just say it wasn't the best no it wasn't it wasn't the best, it wasn't the best experience and 
Um, it just, it, we never really could <laughs> cohesed or, yeah. or really fell together as team teammates sure. or, or more than acquaintances. Sure. That's tough. Especially when you, like you mentioned, a vampire where you need people to, yes. to invite you in and it doesn't go well. And then it sort of feeds that idea of like, maybe I'm right to be a vampire, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, but it feels like with past the Bacania last season, things, things made a change. So yeah, uh, uh, I'm Paige uh, and Tepe are just super friendly people. And um, Tepe has a background in magic as well as a judge. So we have that connection as well. And mm, okay. Uh, I mean, there we, we just we work a lot better than than I did with with the fire uh, with the immortals. Mm-hmm. Sure, you, you finally clicked. You found a yeah. bunch, a couple of guys that uh, that you could play with and, and enjoy, and you guys did really well. And and I th- was I, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but season four or season five last year uh, was a better experience, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Regardless uh, of the winning and losses, right? Like it feels like playing with people that you enjoy playing with is uh a, a is way, way better in- than people that you don't know and exactly, exactly. Already, and already have this mental thing that you don't want to let other people sure. down like if i lose i lose it's it's whatever um it's like i know i'm not i'm i know that i am not putting 110 percent into my development as a player in this game and that's fine by me yeah uh, but when you when you lose and you let other people down and you make a commitment to to a team and to um, especially an invitational level where everyone is trying to stay up there and trying to succeed, there are the the no one that's playing in the invitational is there just to have fun, right? Uh, like fun, fun is the goal, sure. sure. But but you want to win too, like yeah, oh, you, yeah. you you want to win, you want to be successful. Sure. Uh, whatever however you define success in the the context of a season sure yeah i would agree with that um well, good so well let's i mean we've talked a lot about the the mental side of of things let's, mm-hmm. let's talk tilt uh how do you handle tilt whether it's in a race or at the end of the race or you know in, in you, you talked about a little bit about uh the end of the last league season or whatever but um how do you, yeah, how do you uh, handle it in a race uh I can tell when I'm tilted when I start losing interest in, in the outcomes of things mm. like you, you make a check and it's bad or you die in a boss. Uh, and then uh, I start to check out a little bit on uh, and then start to stop making necessarily the best uh, routing decision or gameplay decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell when I'm doing that. And then I, you just got to figure out what to do to kind of refocus in a race. Uh, there's not enough time to really let it uh, take over if, if the race means anything. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, something that you do to refocus? Is it breathing? Is it t- talking to yourself? Is there one, one of the things that I found um, and this, this really worked out in the, the qualifiers for uh, the 2022 main tournament. Cause I did have a couple situations where I had bad deaths um just do something else don't Mm. don't just pop back in and try and do it again there's got to be something else that that can advance the game let you focus on doing something else and you come back to it later um come back to the situation later you'll be better equipped hopefully um but just find something else find some other way to have a success in 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 the context of the race itself Mm -hmm. Um, so that that helps me um 
it doesn't there there are times where you just can't find one i had a race in sure <laughs> in yeah. groups of that uh of that tournament that was uh in Fluki's, uh worst possible scenario for me uh, moon pearl on mothula and that's a tough fight I, it's a tough fight i avoided it because i know that i'm not very good at fighter sword green male mothula uh, and ended up doing literally everything else that I could. And out of the seed, I, I, I was to, I was able to ring out of the seed before everything, every check I could do logically and not. I think I was able to ring out like six hearts. Blue mail is literally all you could get mm. um, before you had to take on that fight. Uh, and my opponent just handled that fight fine and uh beat me that was it was closer than it should have been i think uh or i I already made up time at on the back end but um yeah just sometimes sometimes you just can't do it and you just gotta to suck it up and realize that uh not every race is winnable yeah (laughs) yep um as for long-term tilt if i'm if i'm on a big losing streak i'll just shut it down and take a break and uh do some other things for a week or two or a month or two Mm mm-hmm uh there's you get to a point where there's just no you're not you're not playing well and you're not thinking well about the game because you've been losing so much that you just gotta step away sure yep (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm preaching to the choir here a bit yeah a bit (laughs) but but i get it for sure well dude thanks so much for coming on the show man i super appreciate it and i know we didn't talk a a ton of a rando but um and the you you have i I was joking in my mind. You've got, you've had high class, high quality tournament winning runners on this season. You've had high quality tournament, uh, tournament calling commentators and developers and magic players. And I'm like the seven of all trades, not even a jack. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, Uh, we did talk about commentary, but I, I, I know we've done a couple of commentary, uh, races together and I, I've enjoyed the times that we've done done commentary together. I think you're are really good on on the mic. So yeah, um, no, I, I really enjoy commentary. I think at, uh, the times when I do take breaks from playing, I will still do commentary, and that helps me kind of recenter myself too. Is sure. just watching other people play and and getting to enjoy just watching the game for a little bit. Um, and we didn't talk at all about the website I built either. Let's do that. You know what? We got time <laughs> before we get to the end. Let's talk about. I totally forgot about the website you built, which is freaking amazing. Uh, tell us how how this came about and kind of what what it was so it came came about from league last season actually uh tep mph and i were blowing through all of the asyncs uh off of tabby's spreadsheets okay and we're trying to find other races to async against Mm -hmm. and uh trying to find specific races in race time is terrible it's it's not good sure um uh, so i i had done some other api stuff with the ladder uh to kind of build out a little web page for myself to have all of my standings and rankings and what settings each race mode was in kind of built into a little web page i could put on my stream so that it's just visually there and people can look at it when they come in and uh don't have to ask mm-hmm. um this is projects.thecleanupstep.com right yeah, that's the that's the terrible URL that my site has. Um, <laughs> I I I'm not thought of. I'm going to get a new domain for it. I just haven't thought of the name yet. Uh, sure. Something that's uh, much more germane to what it actually is than 
uh, a reference to magic in uh, a project site somewhere off on the the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, we were having problems just finding races to do. Uh, and I started looking at the API information that, that you can get off race time uh, for races and trying to figure out a way if I could sort this out in some way that was usable and readable and, and searchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, like all that data is, uh, at least when it gets generated from SynaxBot, uh, all that data is pretty standardized. You get what preset was used, you get the hash, you get the seed URL, uh, you get all that kind of in the same place every time. So I wrote a site up that would look for that information, pull it into a database, make it searchable. Uh, and then the next step was uh, setting up a separate part of the database so that people could uh, put their times in and not not get spoiled by the room or not get spoiled by the times uh, and see how they finish against other people. Because mm-hmm. that's what we're, that's what we were looking for was some way to to grab this race information and not have to hop in, grab the link for the seed going to the race room and then seeing how people did uh, seeing that, oh, one of us actually ran this race. Uh, so that that's where it all came out of. And uh, it's just been something I've been slowly building for the last year. It's really cool. Like we use it for the league, especially was was really the first time that I, I used it. It's just super convenient and uh, really easy to read and find out the information and plug it all in and then see the other times. It's really cool. Uh, uh, people definitely should check it out if they're looking to do some asyncs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thank you for uh, for the endorsement. It's uh, something that after after I built it just for for TA, uh, for Tepe and PH and myself, I'm like, this this is something that if I make it a little more full functional, um, it would be something that's useful for community. So I, I put the work in. I did that. And uh, now I've now I've got to grab and Spoiler logs immediately are automatically off of spoiler races. Co-ops are now being detected. Mm. Um, so you can put in your co-op information for team as one one group thing, and it will grab all the times from all the teams in the race and automatically sort them. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. It's, That's uh, cool. it's been a lot of fun to work on, honestly. Yeah. It's always cool to see the new tools that people come up with just to, you know, help the community out in, in different ways or, you know, even help yourself out yeah. <laughs> in one way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, thanks so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the uh, the therapy session disguised as a randomizer podcast. Thanks again for James coming on the show. Really appreciate uh, him being here and for being an open and honest and sharing exactly how he feels. And I always appreciate that. Good to have another Washingtonian on the show and just a real good dude. I really like uh, I really like talking with him and he seems like he'd be a really good hang too. So maybe next time I'm in the area, we can uh, grab a drink, James. But that's going to do it. Come back next week for Allison and the season finale. 216pod.com has the links to the Discord. That's the place you want to be especially when the show is uh, in between seasons. Tons of sports talk going on over there with the Major League Baseball playoffs happening. The freaking Mariners choked it at the end, didn't make the playoffs. Football, both college and pro, is in full swing. Hockey is just around the corner, so is the NBA. And then sometimes we talk about rando. <laughs> There's a couple rando things uh, that are that's talked about in the 216 Discord. So come hang out. Lots of good people there. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or everywhere. You leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts that helps. 
That's going to do it. Come back next week for Allison. Thanks for listening.